I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back to Extra Shot, our pod spilling the funniest stories in sport this week. I'm Jack. Zach is with me as always. Hello, Jack. Hi, mate. And... Got a special guest today. Got Mickey down with us. Hello, guys. We're uh, we're doing the Dennis Rodman episode shortly, so we're having a Mickey day. Hello. So we'll be we'll be yeah, talking about be Dennis. Here. Good to be here again. Zach, do you want to kick us off? Yeah. So last week we told a story about Man United missing out on the signing of Erling Haaland because they basically got mixed up with the time zone. So this scout had spoken to Alfie Haaland, Erling's dad, and had agreed that he'd signed for Man United, and they basically didn't call him back in time. So they missed out on this transfer. A lot of people online have been uh, calling bullshit on this story, but it is true. There's a there's a Times article. They did a did an article about this Man United scout who died recently and and that was that was one of the stories. So it is true. But came across another story of Man United missing out on a prodigal young star. And that was Matthias de Ligt, who is now at Bayern Munich. But the story goes that it was it was back in 2018. Matthias was playing for Ajax's youth team, or maybe just broken into the first team. And United scouts went to look at him, and everything was looking great. Like his, his positional awareness was fantastic. He had a great, great physique, great reading of the game. And they were offered the chance to sign him for for peanuts, basically. But they eventually turned him down because his dad was fat and um and they basically feared that he'd go the same way so this was about this was like included in the scouts report it's like great eugenics player, report great, yeah. <laughs> great player but his dad is quite tubby and so are they um, saying we don't want fat dads it's sort of bad so, for the brand or are they saying no, he's gonna become they're, they're worried that like you know he's, he's got bad genes bad <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah he's gonna he's gonna end up quite slow and immobile yeah but, I mean, in like, his fifties, yeah, probably in his fifties. Like he is, he is an elite athlete. He's like, is the dad twenty eight? <laughs> yeah. Was the dad a footballer? I don't know. Actually, it's a good question. Too fat. But that decision didn't age very well because the next season, Matthias captained Ajax to the Champions League semi-finals at the age of nineteen, and was then sold to Juventus for seventy-five million. Um, so, so that one serves them right for being shallow. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Who made that decision? Some the physio or the doctor or it was the it, scout was it like the medical I think it was yeah. yeah I think it was the scout included it in the report that was like yeah it looks great but just wanted to let you know yeah 10 out of 10 for everything is, but how yeah. heavy is your dad <laughs> yeah but yeah serves him right if he had been dead it would, he would have got the 
Yeah, exactly. If his dad had died, yeah. even if it was from obesity, yeah. I just wouldn't have, it would have asked. Yeah. How do they do a lot of digging into the family generally? Um, I'm sure because they have to ask know, heart yeah. conditions. Yeah. Things like that, genetic disorders. Is your dad ugly? Yeah. <laughs> Bad for He's your dad going to disgrace us with his look. It reminds me of, um, did you hear the story of Jürgen Klopp when he was at Mainz? He was interviewed for the Hamburg manager's job and they eventually turned him down because he turned up to the interview in ripped jeans and smelling of cigarettes. What, and they were like, not having this bum. Yeah, it's just he's not, not professional enough. Yeah, does he um, still smoke? Probably not. I don't he's know. Actually, white teeth for a yeah, smoker. I think that's they look quite fake though, don't they? Yeah, they are. Because he's smoked so teeth. much. That Who's the, there was a comedian, I can't remember who, who said, if you had to lick the teeth of one manager in the Premier League, it would, it would be Jürgen Klopp. Did they yeah. have to be in his mouth? Yeah, I think so. You're just, you're just I think he, I think he, 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 he dentures out. I think he probably does. He probably does keep him in a glass of water beside probably. his bed. Yeah. Who would you Look least like to lick? Maybe David Moyes. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> Whose teeth would you like, least like to lick? It's least so like to be bad guys. Probably uh, Matthias to lick's dad because they'd probably be a bit yeah. salami <laughs> fat in them. <laughs> yeah. Just some uh, bitter ballon and yeah. deep fried snacks. Wasn't Klopp also late for the interview? Um, I'm not defending yeah, Hamburg, but you know, were his jeans ripped late. like in a stylish way, or were they? Did they come ripped, or had he ripped them through overwear? Yeah, um, I, I think they were just old. They were just old. They were okay, just fine. They weren't like jeans. diesel jeans because he, he spent ripped, so much time yeah. on the training ground just uh, studying tactics. He doesn't, doesn't waste his on time his knees. On, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Worn through. You have to wear <laughs> jeans so much to have them rip. Yeah, or buy the sort of yeah, the, yeah. the Ed Hardys. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, maybe they were like they were like, they were like no like, one that could wears Ed Hardys allowed to manage Hamburg in 2012. Somehow can't imagine Jürgen Klopp in those jeans with like elasticated ankles and with like eight uh, zips. Yeah, <laughs> they don't go anywhere. Moving on, I, I uh, became aware recently of the concept of a, a Brexit tackle. So apparently, this is this is a really big thing in youth football that a, a Brexit tackle is when you completely like take out your opponent without getting the ball. Uh, so just like a really a really bad bad foul, basically. There's a. An inst- Why is it called that? I, this is, is it this because is a good it's, against, it's directed is it- against Europeans, or because it's like <laughs> no, it, it forms a hard. Well, so so apparently the the technique is as you as you take somebody out, you scream Brexit means Brexit. <laughs> Um, what, in so it's a sort of xenophobic tackle. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm quite like curious about how uh, how much of a political critique this is. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a playground thing, right? Yeah. No. What did? Where did you say it was? No. It's like it, it's in youth, youth football. Oh, but youth football. I found. I came across it. Playground. I think it's like a yeah, thing yeah. kids are doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I found. I came across. Do you have any kids that can call up and tell us what Brexit tackle is? Yeah. Do call us if you're nine. Anyway, good good to see the kids copying BBC Parliament instead of FIFA. Actually, do you remember the um, there was a really good Twitter exchange probably a year ago about the stuff you see kids doing in grassroots football where they've copied it from TV? Uh, there's a tweet here from Tim Hardwick who said, I coach an under-11s team. I'm amazed at how the kids are affected by FIFA in the Premier League. We have one lad who raises an arm before he takes a corner. Fuck knows why he does it. No one knows what it means. Yesterday, a boy lay on the floor behind the defensive wall, which is like, I mean, maybe that stuff's useful. But then one guy replies saying, we had a kid once who scored a goal and did that kissing and pointing at the heavens thing. His dad was on the sideline and explained he had no idea what was going on as all parents and grandparents were still alive. Um, another guy said, 
Watching my daughter's boyfriend's team at the weekend, notice one lad, every time he spoke, he put his hand over his mouth. You know, they, you know they do that to stop being lip-read with professional players on live TV because there are millions of people watching. He's just doing it. Grassroots game. Well, the guy says my daughter's boyfriend's team, so... Is that yeah, I mean, adult? Could, yeah, exactly. Childhood sweethearts, maybe. I get, maybe his young daughter has a boyfriend. That's why I meant childhood sweethearts. Like, oh, right. Yeah, real childhood. Yeah. yeah. Infant sweethearts. Yeah. Infant <laughs> sweethearts. <laughs> That's all quite um, tame and charming stuff to copy from TV. But my mate Josh told me that, do you remember when Robbie Fowler did that celebration where he pretended to snort yeah. the touchline? A yeah. famous thing. And it was like all over the news that week. On Which that- he denies. He denied. I read his autobiography. Did you read that as mm. well? And he denies ever having touched Coke. Yeah. I mean, and it was a reaction to people saying, saying he was a cokehead. Yeah. No, but he, uh, his original defense... It's a weird reaction. His original defense was, I was pretending to eat the grass. It's an in I mean, that's such bullshit. <laughs> and then he said, yeah, it's because all the Everton fans called me a druggie. Yeah. Like, I mean, like I think, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a chapter in his book, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, but it's called Coke. <laughs> Is it him denying? I it? think it's him, there's a whole chapter of him denying taking Coke. Yeah. I haven't, don't write about I it. I haven't done the deep research on Robbie Fowler because we will do an episode on him to know whether he has. To my knowledge, he hasn't no, he denies it. And yeah. it's, it's a great autobiography, actually. It's, really? it's sort of written in his vernacular as well. Yeah, nice. It's good. It's he like partied quite hard, didn't he? I think so, yeah. yeah. And then he bought a load of houses. Yeah, That's what he's known for now. Yeah, yeah, what, real estate. He's got quite a weird... Yeah, because oh, yeah, yeah. he did that weird video or something, didn't he, about did he? his real estate. Yeah. Anyway, when, the, um, when he did that celebration, the snorting Coke celebration that everyone kicked off about, my friend Josh, he was like eight, and he saw it but didn't really know what it meant, and he scored at school the following week after in a school match and he did the celebration and apparently all the parents on the touchline were just like horrified. <laughs> he had no idea what it meant but it was this eight-year-old snorting the touchline in front of everyone. Or more likely they all knew what it meant. Yeah, it wouldn't yeah. Have, he, the kids uh, yeah. didn't, I guess. You just have no idea at that age. That's so good. I mean, that's, that's all quite light because what you often hear about kids' football is this horrible atmosphere and the touchline of, of like parents getting into fights with each other and abusing the kids, abusing the refs. My my cousin used to be a like Sunday, kid's Sunday league ref and said it was nightmare. That was the worst part of it. Well, was he getting like um, assaulted? I don't think he got assaulted, but just like intimidated and just like horrible. Why would horrible you do that dads. job? You get paid? Yeah. Or is it yeah, just yeah. love of the game? Uh, <laughs> love of I the mean, game. No, you do, you do get paid. He eventually got up to like refing under 12s or whatever Premier League so <laughs> is there an under 12 yeah yeah, yeah. For, like the, for like the academy teams which you said oh, was actually, oh, it's actually it was actually great like once you get up to there the parents are not allowed to say anything to the refs otherwise the kids get kicked out of the academy oh no um, oh that's clever so they've got some leverage yeah, yeah but it's like when you're when you're when you're in some horrible bog ridden park on a Saturday morning that's is what it, it, so it, is it the, really the well. parents abusing the refs or yeah. is it the, 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 the kids parents the yeah. par- parents like there was actually vicious. I saw a story um, last year that there was an interview with Andre Mariner, who's a Premier League ref, and he admitted that he'd been asked to leave an under nines football match that his kid was playing in for abusing the ref. Oh my God. Him of all people. Yeah. So do you think it just takes you over? I mean, I'm looking forward to my son being this age and me getting into scraps in the park. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like that he's giving it out as well. That um, Do you think because he's like, I can because I'm an elite ref, I can see other refs? Going Maybe. wrong, so it's particularly grating. Yeah, perhaps. There was that, I remember hearing another story about Pep Guardiola when he was on his sabbatical in New York that um, 
his his kid was playing in like a under tens football match or something, and the ref didn't turn up for this match, so Pep refereed it. He was like, oh, "I'll do it," and nobody really knew who he was. So he was like refereeing this match, and then he started just like he couldn't help himself coaching the kids during the match, just being like, "No, no, no, you're like hard position, you're overlap, blah blah." blah. And all the all the parents on the sidelines started getting really pissed off with him and being like, "Okay, like what are you doing? Like you're supposed to be the ref, blah blah blah." And at half time, they came to him. It's like you're not refereeing the second half. Like you're fucking getting involved in this isn't your job. And so he was like, "Okay, whatever." And then second half, someone was like, "Wait, hold on a second, is that?" Is that the greatest manager, greatest <laughs> manager alive? <laughs> um, well, because in New York, no one knows who he is. Well, yeah, back yeah, then, yeah, they didn't. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Actually, before we move on from Andre Mariner, Peter Crouch has this uh, story where he insists that Andre Mariner asks the players to call him Dre. <laughs> <laughs> the D-R-E. <Yeah. laughs> the motherfucking D-R-E. <laughs> Just really not a not not a ref name. They're, dro- they're I, dropped if they say no. Yeah, if I was called Andre, I think I would try and be called Dre. Dre a bit. I think that'd be Andy. And Andy, <laughs> Andy Mariner. <laughs> While we're on the subject of, of youth team football, did you see this uh, WhatsApp chat that went viral a few months ago? It was screenshots from a conversation. It was like the WhatsApp group for an under eights team between all of the, the parents of the kids and this dad who is one of these dads that is just like takes it way too seriously thinks he's like a premier league manager but he, he sent this message saying that was damn embarrassing there's been no progression in three odd months we need to work in twos or threes create a triangle slash vertical possession to move forward we need to interchange positions so if a defender moves forward someone goes back and vice versa please watch any football match and assess how everything is trigonometry based <laughs> shapes of possession and moving forward with the ball and shape without possession it's very simple. Sorry, terrible grammar in this. Uh, Sorry, they, this is that under, eight, under eight? It's under eight. Please watch yeah. any football match. Yeah. <laughs> That's so bitter. <laughs> Seven-year-olds doing yeah. trigonometry. Did you see that other WhatsApp group where the, the woman sent by accident a picture of her pussy? Oh, uh, yeah, I, I have seen that one. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> to an under-eights football group. Yeah. Really? They're like, please delete. I was meant for someone else. Also, she did that classic thing that people always do particularly parents where they they try and delete it but they just delete it for themselves and not for everyone else so then the oh, whole yeah. group can see it and oh, they God. can't delete it for everyone else yeah that's why she was like please please delete there was another one of this like <laughs> irish team who like the, the manager like got the team's new kits and was like taking a picture of a kit to send to all the parents and it didn't realize it in the background there was just like three lines of coke racked up on the table <laughs> at like 11 in the morning <laughs> I, I don't know if this should make the edit, but there was there was a guy in my parents' village who did that in the like village WhatsApp group. He sent like a dick pic, like an old man, and then he tries to delete it, delete it for himself, and then he did not do so. He removed himself from the group, and then three days later he died. Oh, so everyone was like, oh my "That's God. literally the last we ever heard." <laughs> did he know he was dying? He was like, this is no, my, I don't think this so. is my swan I don't know. song. I, don't, I, don't I want this. This is how you will remember me. <laughs> Signing off. Yeah. Here's my 75 year old dick. I've been Jim and you've been fantastic. <laughs> See you later. That's so funny. Oh, poor bloke. Poor oh, guy, yeah. God poor rest guy. his soul. Yeah. <laughs> was he called Jim or was that your no, pseudonym? That was a guess. I'm okay, yeah. called Jim. I can't remember exactly what the pick was, but it was highly inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah, imagine just like falling asleep for the phone. The last thing that you're thinking of is you, as you like, pass out, pass yeah. out of this lifestyle. Like, so <laughs> I should have deleted it for all. <laughs> 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 so, 
Speaking of mental dads, uh, I've got another one for you. In India, uh, Dhruv Patel is Indian cricket's new hero. He steered them to victory over England on Monday. And he's now being inundated with selfie requests from hordes of shrieking fans. But there is one bloke among the billion Indian admirers who's not so sure, and that's Dhruv's own dad, who has never wanted him to play professional cricket. So his dad's a soldier. He's a retired sergeant. And he always wanted his son to go into a, quote, proper career. Uh, so he probably, I think he wanted him in the army or maybe, you know, accountancy, medicine, something stable. But Drew pursued his, his cricket. And, uh, Is the he, army stable? Is it stable, but you might... Situations. Yeah, you might be shot yeah. Time, <laughs> right. might, yeah. On a border skirmish. Exactly. It's quite, yeah, quite high stakes. <laughs> stable, though. You yeah, know, stable. Good, good steady pension, yeah. unlike cricket. Um, and apparently Drew had to hide his whole career from his dad. He didn't want him knowing he was playing cricket because it pissed him off so much. So the Guardian said this week that one day over breakfast, Jarrell Sr. noticed something and Drew says, he was reading the newspaper and he suddenly told me, there's a cricketer that goes by the same name as you and he's just scored a hundred runs. I got scared and didn't know how to tell him the cricketer was me. So he's just like living. What a shame. Yeah, there's there's more. Okay, go on. It it turns out a bit nicer. So he eventually gets selected for India at which point I think his dad grudgingly accepts it. And um, his dad, who is the retired soldier, just said to him before the game, he was you know, expecting some sort of like manly kind of, look, son, I didn't believe in you, but you made it. Well done. And instead, apparently his dad just goes, can you at least salute me? So, <laughs> <laughs> Drew gave him a salute. And then actually Drew scored 50 in the, in the match. And when he celebrated, he did the salute again, which is quite nice. Yeah, I mean, he's not in the army though. It was that was that what? That well, was, I guess it's just respect. Oh, yeah, yeah. For his like rank or yeah, for the fact that he's his dad. No, I think just a sort of like yeah, nod. Yeah. To it's quite that. egotistical for the dad. Like your your son has finally made it to like the elite level of cricket, representing mm. his country, and all you want him to do is salute you. Yeah, it's got <laughs> quite the vibe of like those dads, sort of First World War era dads who made their sons call them sir, and would just like only shake that. <laughs> How hand. many of those do you know? <laughs> yeah, plenty. First World War. You know the vibe I mean? Like yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. in England, yeah, like formal relationship. Or you yeah. call him like captain. Yes, general. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sir. I'm now thinking of captain Major Rivlin. <laughs> um, but actually, uh, Drew's dad probably isn't even the most mental in the Indian squad. That accolade belongs to the father of Shubman Gill. Shubman is the next big thing in Indian cricket. He's a handsome lad and he's seriously good. Um, and on his debut, he made 91 against Australia in this famous win. He was the man of the match. And the whole country was like giving him adulation. No one expected them to win. Um, but Shubman's dad couldn't agree. So in an interview afterwards, they were like, how are you feeling? Your son's just led India to a famous win. And he just said, I find it worrying. Hopefully he will learn from not scoring 100 and not repeat this mistake. So he's just annoyed with him for not getting nine more runs. <laughs> And he's still, Shubman's dad is still really hard on him. So Shubman got 100 last year, but his dad felt he should have got 200. And he just said, when will he learn? And then literally two matches ago, so this month, um, Shubman scored another 100. Uh, and in his post-match interview, he said, hopefully my father won't scold me for not getting more runs and he will let me out of the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honestly not sure it's a joke. Yeah. He regularly makes these jokes about his dad not letting him. Well, he's, like under, he's under house arrest. Yeah, I think it's like, only 108, go to your room, kind of. Vibe. How old is this guy? How old is he? 24. Yeah. <laughs> go to your room. It's India, different, yeah. different family yeah. relationships. <laughs> Fathers are still yeah. there. Well, that's like Earl Woods, isn't it? I mean, he's the... He's the, he's the Tiger's dad. Yeah, he's the Earl Woods of Indian cricket. What, because he's... Uh, Pushy, yeah. horrendous. 
and actually we're in and borderline abusive yeah pretty horrible yeah we're going to talk about another dad who has a few things in common with our woods in the Dennis Rodman episode I'm not going to spoil it is it Dennis Rodman's dad (laughs) (laughs) another mystery dad (laughs) actually on the point of um of of pushy cricket dads NASA Hussain the former England captain always tells this story. I might get some of the details wrong, but the, the basics are that NASA was um, at a school in Essex and they played against Harrow, which was like a big opportunity to impress in front of a large cricketing crowd. And NASA, he scored a hundred and he took nine of the 10 wickets in the match. And everyone was like, amazing, well done. He got into his dad's car jubilant afterwards. And his dad was just like, you let yourself down there and just didn't speak to him for the whole journey home and then sent him to bed without any dinner because he didn't get the 10th wicket. He was like, you missed an opportunity to really show off there. Is that what you're <laughs> going to be like? <laughs> yeah, what with, yeah, with Sasha. Sasha. <laughs> <laughs> Already started, mate. I'm like, you didn't, you didn't move that toy. You? <laughs> you really let yourself down in tummy time earlier. <laughs> you only rolled over from your back to front. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that would be me on the touchline. Um, but I think Nasser Saint's dad was famously pretty nuts. Yeah, well, he sounds mm. like it. But England captain. So yeah, great. Yeah, exactly. it was. We're going back to that old, that old, that old question of whether it's a good thing or a bad whether thing. Whether it's to worth be it. A it's an abusive relationship. Yeah. Abusive oh, I think father. it has. I think it has. It will have a part to play in the Asian century, where India is is looking like a superpower in the making. I think the fact that there is a, a trend among the dads to push your kids far is helpful mm-hmm. so I sound like I'm about yeah, to recommend exactly. it. and that's why we need a fascistic exactly <laughs> justifying something <laughs> that's why we need a new religious yeah, nationalism exactly. a benevolent country. dictatorship maybe the cane has yeah democracy <laughs> is weak and decadent let's oh, move on we need a strong leader <laughs> yeah fear does fear does do good things yeah. <laughs> I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss since 2013 Bombas has donated over 100 million socks underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness if we counted those on air this ad would last over 1157 days but if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible it would take just a few clicks because every time you make a purchase Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So do you remember a few years ago, Marcelo Bielsa or a member of Marcelo Bielsa's backroom staff was caught spying on a Derby training session before Derby played Leeds. Well, there's there's been another incident of uh, of spying, I'm glad to report. So... 
this Monday, it was the huge clash between Torino and Roma, uh, which I'm sure you I'm sure you watched. Glued to it. Yeah. Um, but in the build-up to that game, uh, the Torino assistant coach, Michel Orecchio, had been dispatched to spy on Roma's training session. So I'm just imagining like the 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 uh, Torino manager calling uh, Orecchio into his office and being like, Orecchio, uh, Michel, we have a, we have a special mission for you. And Michel is expecting to like, it's like, what's happening? Am I going to be like shadowing Pep Guardiola for a week? Or is this like an all expenses paid scouting trip to the Costa Rican second division? But instead um, the manager just throws him some camouflage trousers and those like reflective binoculars and, a bucket hat with some some twigs taped to it and sends him off to the <laughs> to the Roma training ground. Um, so what was he? Was he? So he was. So he was. He was sent to spy on it, but it, it didn't didn't really go to plan. So um, the security guards at the Roma training ground found uh, Michel halfway up a tree with his binoculars, <laughs> <laughs> overlooking the overlooking it's like the cartoon spying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm picturing you um, know in Dad's army where they have literal like branches. Yeah, I think, I think that's what it was like. Newspaper yeah. um, with eye holes. <laughs> it's not. It's actually not even his his first failed spying mission. So last year, when Jose Mourinho was was Roma manager, one of Jose Mourinho's backroom staff found the same guy in the stands uh, for watching uh, watching one of their training sessions with recording equipment. Also, he, he does seem to always be targeting Roma as well. So I don't know if it's just that he lives nearby the training ground. And, uh, <laughs> Pop in. <laughs> like, do you imagine if you're on your way home, just uh, you know, there are any high trees and the You've got access to then. night vision goggles yeah. in the Roma area. <laughs> um, there was actually another story from uh, a few years ago, uh, also in Italy. So it was the 2013 uh, derby between... Genoa and Sampdoria and the Sampdoria players were at the training ground before like doing you know training and suddenly they they spotted some movement in a woodland um nearby overlooking the overlooking the training pitch and some of the staff go to investigate and they end up pursuing this guy who they described as looking like Rambo uh who's in like full military attire like camouflaged head to toe with binoculars they chase this guy through the woodland and eventually corner him he's like hiding behind a tree and it turns out that it's one of the genoa youth coaches um on a with, spying mission on a spying mission love it fully yeah. camoed up yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing bullets over the looking like yeah, like, yeah, exactly. like it's sad that i can picture that Jody Marsh. Yeah, of course <laughs> double double bullet yeah, strength yeah you know the one. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, so it's endemic in Ita- Italian football. Well, yeah. I mean, the, these two instances, two instances. That's trespassing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think, yeah, I don't know. Apparently, wasn't, wasn't, um, didn't Marcelo Bielsa say when they got caught um, that this happens everywhere in Argentina? Surely you could just have an amnesty on this and be like, everyone watches everyone's training sessions. Everyone yeah. spies on everyone. And then it's like, quite packed though, wouldn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Bielsa's one was really weird. He was like, I am ashamed of myself for doing this and now I want to explain. And he gave like a two-hour presentation of how he spies. Really yeah. meticulous. So bizarre. was he saying that he'd been doing it for all their other opponents? He, just yeah, caught. I think the um, implication was, I do this all the time. Yeah. yeah. Their form did drop off quite Is there no punishment for it? 
I don't think, I don't know, was there? For being a traitor, sure. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's a nice bit of like slapstick. Maybe well, they're they they cornered behind trees. Yeah. Maybe they'd end up being recruited as, as a double agent double and, and come back being like, yeah, there's... Yeah, they're playing 4-4-2 this weekend. Yeah, they're going long ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're right, though. How much advantage can you really gain? I mean, I'm not a tactics. No. <laughs> I'm no more than a novice. Probably fuck all. At the time, Bielsa said, it is not illegal, but not necessarily right. That was his quote. <laughs> so I don't think he did actually get fined or anything. Yeah, it was a big drama, I remember, because it was mm. Lampard who he was spying on, wasn't it? Do people do that in English football? Well, this was in the championship, uh, but other than that, I don't think there have been many examples, have there? Uh, not not caught. No, maybe there's like secret recording equipment. Yeah. Bugged. Recording equipment? Oh, uh, what, like, like watch a video audio? You just say really muffled. Pass <laughs> it. <laughs> like, how is that useful? <laughs> I was thinking video. Drew, <laughs> <laughs> so I reckon it happens more, more often than we think. Mm. It must be very easy to do. Like, you look at pictures of some of these training grounds, like the Fulham training ground, there's houses overlooking it yeah just like, you just, I'll just go and knock on their door and ask if we can just set up, set up a camera and what, just like the, Kennedy, out, the, Ken- yeah. the Kennedy assassination <laughs> <laughs> they rent a, for, they rent a flat for a year in advance <laughs> above that book depository <laughs> <laughs> or was it the grassy knoll <laughs> what you think you just stake out there with a telescope and a box of donuts kind of thing exactly yeah 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 moving on so when Luca Brassell won the snooker world championship last year he was quite an unorthodox champion. He was Belgian for a start, uh, which is, I think he's the first, first Belgian champion ever. Uh, but he also went on these like booze fueled benders till 7am in the middle of the tournament. Um, so this is like, pretty like, normal for snooker. Well, that's the, well, it was the older, yeah, yeah. This, this wasn't quite uh benders with the Rolling Stones though. So he was, he was asked about these, uh, these benders and, he basically admitted that it was just him and his friends playing FIFA and drinking beers. Oh, not, <laughs> okay, no yeah. crack pipe? Yeah. Uh, not a crack pipe in sight. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah. It's, game's um, gone. It really yeah. has. <laughs> FIFA, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Luca's unorthodox approach continued after he won. So he pocketed 500 grand from, from winning this tournament and he instantly made himself broke by <laughs> buying a Ferrari, a Porsche and a Range Rover. So... You might think that this was just him being a bit flashy and you know he's finally got loads of cash, but it was actually a calculated decision. So there's a quote from him. He said, I went from being a millionaire to a non-millionaire. It was a conscious decision to buy the cars and feel that bit of pressure again. As you saying, so, like I, I, I wanted to... He needs to, he needs to struggle pressure, to put food yeah. on his plate. Millionaire, 500,000. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a mathematician. <laughs> yeah. well, so he's basically, he's I'm going to waste all this money so I want to win again. Exactly, yeah. Unfortunately, I'm sorry to report it's not exactly going to plan for Luca. And he seems to recently be resorting to entering TV quizzes to, to win cash. Um, so he, last week, he went on the Belgian show Blocker, um, which is a, yeah, it's a, a quiz show that he, he's got cash prizes. But unfortunately, he was knocked out in the first round. Um, but. It wasn't all bad because he was given a printer as a, as a consolation prize. <laughs> <Not. laughs> a generation game. Yeah, they never fucking work, printers. <laughs> yeah, he's, you know, he's now got he's got a Ferrari, a Range Rover, a uh, Xerox, a Porsche, and yeah, an HP, an HP Desk Jet Two Seven Ten, and his miserable bed sit in Antwerp. 
<laughs> I feel like the it's a weird investment style isn't it like yeah. just give everything away yeah. to something that's going to depreciate immediately especially when you're playing and your 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 career is so sort of high risk and volatile so has he not won any tournaments no he's not won then. anything since Shit. then so the strategy ain't working no the trajectory seems like the next move will be he's living in one of the cars yeah. <laughs> hopefully he's <laughs> seen this one before <laughs> <laughs> the crack pipe's probably not that far, yeah, not that far off <laughs> sold the playstation yeah. sold the printer <laughs> <laughs> yeah I do like this image of him just like entering all of these online you know these like supermarket things that pop up not supermarket <laughs> things you know these like pop-ups that come when you're on dodgy sites asking you to like spin the wheel for yeah, yeah but oh god pounds. yeah I've won 500,000 pounds <laughs> yeah. um, is um, how often is he playing then is he just playing a lot and losing or is he he was quite a surprising winner when he won the world championship which is what over a year ago yeah. And yeah, and Snooker, you're playing like every week. I didn't really realise. It's like darts. That darts quite a lot of it. You're just at a leisure centre playing in front of like no one. Yeah, it's it's not often that you're getting five hundred grand. For winning. If you do, put it away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't buy three Don't cars. Buy three cars as well. Also I just love how originally he was like, Yeah, I just sort of did it to put pressure on myself and now he's like Yeah. Does that well, printer does it come with three cartridges? Or? <laughs> the pressure is fucking mounting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh well I look forward to doing a Luca Brussel episode in about 10 years mm-hmm. when he's fully gone off the rails <laughs> speaking of maverick stars the legendary QPR forward Stan Bowles died this week um, and Bowles he was a sort of George Best type figure in the 70s in fact his obituary in the Guardian this week it began with this it said it was one set of Stan Bowles that he spent all his money on betting booze and women to which he responded well at least I didn't waste it which I swear that's, like, that's, that's the George, George Best quote. It's basically yeah. a less, yeah. less clever yeah, yeah. version of George Best. So I don't know. They, they didn't make that comment. But he was a bit of a character. He sort of harked back to the era where you'd bump into footballers down your local boozer and they'd be like trousering a brown envelope full of cash from some dodgy bloke. Um, and Stan was often on the take. So there's a story that he was, <laughs> uh, he was getting 200 quid a game from Gola, the sportswear brand, to yeah. wear their boots. And Adidas approached him and offered to beat the offer with 250. And so he just wore one of each boot, pocketed <laughs> 450 quid, got in quite a lot of shit for it in the end. I mean, he was, by the sounds of it, basically a gambling addict. Um, he would bet on everything. Apparently, he used to spend entire days betting on games of snakes and ladders. What? Which is, <laughs> the one that he was involved in? Yeah, 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 he was playing, but he was oh, okay. just, not just Not just finding kids in the. Not yeah, like, exactly. just going down to challenging people. Preschool and <laughs> streaming it online. <laughs> 50 quid a corner apparently you, but what's a corner yeah, snakes you, and ladders I don't know is that a row maybe uh, that's basically oh, best, betting on dice isn't it yeah, yeah it or is like I mean, what I think, the dice is going to be he did a lot of that yeah. before uh, he was playing in the FA Cup and during the warm up he bet his teammate a tenner that he could knock the tr- you know how they have the trophy on a plinth at the pitch side for the FA Cup he bet his teammate that he could knock it off from 20 yards away with the ball and he did it it's quite impressive you won a tenner um, yeah, he won, he won a tenner and <laughs> a lifelong addiction to gambling. <laughs> Apparently, even on the way into his first Gamblers Anonymous meeting, he got talking to a bloke. He bet how many people were in there. No, he, he bet a bloke on how long he would last <laughs> from gambling. <laughs> also, he really? the, the bloke was also a gambling yeah. addict. <laughs> Don't think you guys really get what this room's about. Um, but his gambling did lead to an all-time football love triangle. So Stan was really good mates with Don Shanks, who was another sort of (coughs) 
maverick QPR star. They were best pals. And they got into a lot of scrapes together. Like they, they ended up in jail once for borrowing a van that had been used in a bank robbery. And they got charged for bank robbing, but were, were let off. But anyway, he once bet Don Shanks a hundred quid that he couldn't steal Graham Suness's girlfriend. And Suness's girlfriend was Swedish beauty queen, Mary Staven, who was, she was Miss World. And she was also in Octopussy. She was a Bond girl. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, she was going out with Graham Souness, but um, Stan Bowles bet Don Shanks he could, 100 quid he couldn't steal her. And he did steal her and he went out with her for two years. But she then had an affair with George Best. And this led... What a weird, like, like how would he... Like, how, like, when they were like, how did you meet? It was like, well, yeah. did she know about the bet? I don't know. How did you meet? Um, well, I bet this other lad that I yeah. couldn't steal <laughs> yeah, your way from Graham Sooners for a hundred quid. Also, it's like, so I was going out with one footballer, then for a bet I went with another, and this led to a punch-up between George Best and Don Shanks in the foyer of a Scottish hotel, which apparently was front-page news in about 1982. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was still talking about it. <laughs> Three of the four characters yeah. are dead, yeah. I think. But we, do, we, do, we, really, we really launched this episode to, to cover the current when news. I said, and funniest, and now news from 1982. <laughs> the funniest stories in sport this week, what I meant was <laughs> discussing this, yeah. Octopussy <laughs> and George Best's punch-up. But apparently it was a massive story at the at the, at the time, time yeah. yeah. And we're bringing it back. <laughs> it's uh, a slow news week. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a pretty good story. That's actually not even a love triangle. That's a love square. There yeah. Three. I love, I love octagon. Octagon. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> probably no more okay, next. <laughs> actually, that is all we've got time for this week. Uh, it's a rare week where we're not reading out any reader letters. We did have a few, but they were... Slightly strange stories. I thought. Uh, what really? Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, we've had some good. We've had some video messages. Shout out to Brandon. That was, that was one funny thing that I saw. That um, if we got time, just to add a very quick one. Uh, but me and Zach were having a laugh about it the other day in the office. Um, so if anyone's got the BBC Sport notifications, you'll get a uh, you know breaking news and stuff. And there was one that happened the other day, and it just said uh, Andy Murray, Britain announces he may only have a few months left. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> you're like, oh shit, like what's happened? Has he got some horrible, you know, diagnosis? And then it did then say of career. Of yeah. career, yeah. Just the way that it popped up Till was uh, quite, quite clear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to read it out because yeah. it is so boring, but they also did one of the most boring updates ever, which we stuck in the newsletter this week. What was that? It was like David Brails for the new Man United owner has just been talking to Rasmus Hoyland, the United striker. He took the left-hand staircase and then walked on into his office while Hoyland went and sat with the players on like the north end of the stadium. <laughs> yeah. Even more boring like, than that. Yeah, yeah. It was so boring. <laughs> so yeah, it was like they're, they're talking at the top of the bottom of the stairs. Yeah. They spoke for a couple of minutes and then <laughs> went in different directions of the stairs. One turned left, one turned right. <laughs> so boring. <laughs> Put it in the newsletter. So do sign up, upshot.email. If you want to sign up for our newsletter. All right. I think that's all we've got time for. Uh, Zach, thanks very much. Thank you. Mickey, thanks Cheers. for joining us. Thanks. George, thank you too. Thank you. And thanks for listening. Cheers. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.